I'm Rob. And I'm Nate. And welcome back to Rob and Nate Record a Podcast. So, Nate, let's discuss Aloha. Aloha, oi. That's an... Oh, I enjoy that film. It's, it's, it's pleasant enough. I don't watch it a lot, but I'm not opposed to watching it like once a year. I kind of enjoyed John Krasinski. You've been trying to get me to watch this film for a while. It's quirky. I finally watched it. It's quirky. It is quirky, I'll give you that. And I'll give you that possibly my favorite role in this film was John Krasinski's role as the silent husband of Rachel McAdams. I like the between John Krasinski and, um, I just blanked on his name, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper, yeah. Yeah. But we've all met people like the John Krasinski, the guy who doesn't freaking talk. Yeah. And what's going on in his head? Well, but the John Krasinski and Bradley Cooper, they can carry on conversations just with looks. Mm-hmm. And and they're, it's subtitled. <laughs> yeah, they do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm offensive about that. I mean, it has a, it has a strong cast. I it mean, does have a strong cast. You can't cast. critique the cast. If you're going to critique anything in this film, it's direction and editing. Mm-hmm. You know, but I feel and like... script. Yeah. I feel like the ending was redemptive enough that I was like, okay. Well, the best scene in this film is the scene where uh, the briefest of sketches, uh, Bradley Cooper uh, returns to the base in Hawaii uh, that he had served in previously. He's kind of gone semi-independent with this billionaire space guy played by Bill Murray. Private uh, launch company. Yeah, he's there in Hawaii to organize uh, a blessing of of a... like a launch site that they're constructing. They're trying to get on the good side of the Hawaiians Something for some it. stupid MacGuffin like reason that thing. doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's just an excuse to get everybody there. And there's a, his ex-wife is Rachel McAdams, married John Krasinski. And then Emma Stone is the yeah. person that's assigned to kind of be his liaison, see him around the Island while Keep he's there. Out of trouble. And, of course, they have a romantic thing. And uh, this movie reminded me why I hate Cameron Crowe. <laughs> Who is the director Who and the, the writer. Who is the director and the writer. Now, I don't hate everything Cameron Crowe's done. In fact, some of the things he's done I've liked. I, I liked Vanilla Sky. Okay. I liked uh, Almost Famous. Okay. I, I love Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Ridgemont High, which he did not direct, but which he wrote. Okay. That's a great movie. It's the only one of those I haven't seen. But... When I think of Cameron Crowe, I think of what was probably the first film of his that I saw, which was Elizabethtown, which I hate. Okay. I loathe this movie. Are you familiar with the term Manic Pixie Dream Girl? No. So this is a term used to describe a certain character type, which is the flighty, wonderful, loving, perfect woman that takes so, the takes the sad Gus out of himself and so makes Emma him love Stone's the world. Character? Emma Stone's character plays that. In in uh, Elizabethtown, it is uh, Kirsten Dunst who plays that opposite okay. Orlando Bloom. And here it's... Very predictable. Here it's um, Emma Stone, and she's doing that manic pixie dream girl thing, and it pisses me off. Yeah. And I think it's a very inconsistent characterization. It reminded me... Well, as she we only talked does about it part before, of the film, because part of the film, she comes out of that. And, yeah. Yeah. But it, it reminded me of um, Brie Larson in uh, Captain Marvel, where she's just kind of... She's serious, and now she's flighty, and now she's this, and now she's that. And it just yeah. didn't really feel like it flowed together consistently. And the first time we meet Emma Stone is she's all by the book, and then she's all flighty and 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 just quirky and this film just so wants to be quirky and it's just it's 
syrupy and it's getting on my nerves and everything's just kind of stylized and flighty and fantastical and I pissed me off. Well, now you've you've kind of entirely skimmed over a genuine question I have for you in this mm. film. You have not even mentioned that Bill Murray plays the eccentric billionaire. Yeah, he's wasted. Well, I'm not going to necessarily disagree with that, but if this was real life, who is Bill Murray? You uh, can't call me Elon Musk. I don't. Musk I make comes the argument. I make the argument that this is not SpaceX, mm. and this he's not Elon Musk. It's Blue Origin, and he's um, Bezos. Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. 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 I don't care. Yeah. It's the corrupt, the corrupt billionaire. Because uh, he's he's lying about what he's, he's doing a James and... Bond villain thing. He's yeah. trying to launch this communication satellite. That's really, really a nuclear a satellite, you yeah. know, a nuclear weapon in space because of reasons. Yeah. Nothing makes sense here. Motivations are all over the place. It's a movie. It doesn't have to make it's, sense. It's, <sighs> it only has to make sense as long as, as, as much as is necessary to hold the plot together. Cameron Crowe is so freaking full of himself. Yeah. I, I hated this movie. I loathed the first two thirds of this movie, and I thought the last third was okay. There were some yeah. things that I liked in the end that scene where I don't think I ever finished my thought on it. It's the scene where uh, Bradley Cooper goes to visit his daughter and his okay. daughter's doing the hula yeah. in class and she he's watching her through a window and she's never been told. She thinks that John Krasinski is her dad, but it's actually Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Cooper and they kind of communicate it through the through the through the window. And you see that moment where she realizes, that's my dad. Yeah. That's a beautiful moment. Yeah. That's the best moment in this film. And it didn't require stupid subliminal subtitles like the Krasinski scene, which was played for laughs, which this scene wasn't. But that that's that's the thing that will, that's the treasure in this film. What about the destruction of the Santa Claus? The destruction of the Santa Claus, the destruction of the freaking satellite, <laughs> the freaking... Emma Stone playing guitar with the King of Hawaii. All right, let's so let, let's get some predictions from you now that we know how you feel about this film. How do you think this film scores on IMDb? Oh, it doesn't score well. I've already looked at it. Oh, have you? Well, I looked at the Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes is like 20%. It's 5.4 on IMDb. All right. Did you look at the box office numbers? It was a failure. Uh, yeah, but not terribly. I, I'm actually thinking it probably made its, uh, its money back on... DVD sales, and I haven't seen it streaming very many places, but if they signed a streaming deal, you f it for sure would have made its money back. Its budget was $37 million, which the vast majority of that has to be going to... Uh, Some of these salaries. No, just to the... Well, to the actor, actors and actresses. I mean, Bradley Cooper, John Krasinski... Uh, yeah, Emma Stone. Emma gonna, Stone, yeah. They're going to be commanding multiple millions each. Yeah, so almost all that money has to be going to the, to the actors and actresses. Um, its worldwide gross was twenty six point two million. Twenty six point so, two million. Yeah, so it was only short of its budget by by a little over ten million. Yeah, but I'm sure they spent ten million on advertising at least. I don't remember this film being advertised at all. Uh -huh. I didn't even see this film till it was on DVD. Uh -huh. I was oblivious of this film. This is a 2015 release. I was oblivious of this until it came out on DVD. One thing in looking in the film that I thought was kind of interesting is you'll remember the Sony hack. Sony released yeah. that film, The Interview, yeah. North Comedy, set in North Korea, and the North Koreans hacked Sony. And one yeah. of the things they released was internal documents related to this movie and related to early screenings, which apparently were bad. Oh, I didn't this, know that. This film was not testing well. 
I don't know if it was significantly re-edited at all before it was released, but the first impression many people got of this film in the industry was these so, these leaks about how huh. bad it had played early on. Huh. Interesting. Well, that's kind of that might be the most interesting thing about so it. So, do you regret having seen this movie? Well, yes and no. It's like I was curious about it. It it filled my 2015 slot for my watching one one movie. At least one movie from every year from 1930. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you've been talking about it so long that I was genuinely curious to be able to have this conversation with you about but, it. But I didn't bug you about this movie like I bugged you about, like, Extremely Loud and Incredibly oh, Close yeah, true, true. or um, Rain Over Me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I watched uh, the other week, uh, this was my 1961 movie, I watched Elvis's Blue Hawaii. Oh, yeah? I prefer that over this movie. Yeah. I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. And it's, it's not a really good movie. <laughs> one of these days i gotta get melinda to talk to you about some of these movies melinda's the one that really likes aloha i thought aloha was okay i thought mm. it was good like i said i don't regret having seen it um i thought it was okay we'll have to do a versus episode where you just create a list of movies that you know where we have like opposite takes and then opposing just, opinions we should and... just go at it yeah yeah <laughs> that would be that might actually be pretty entertaining content <laughs> All right, well, we'll wrap this up for this week. Anything else? Nope. Okay. I'm Rob. I'm Nate. And this has been Rob and Nate Record a Podcast.